messages will be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages. This is a podcast where we talk about TV commercials. We talk about the good ones and the bad ones, and the ones where people say weird shit like this. I'm spicy! My name's Andrew Walsh, and I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Hey, Veeves. Hi, Andrew. Hey, coming up today, we got a great idea from a listener, listener Corinne, actually. She posted this message to our Facebook group. She says, have we ever had a discussion about lines from commercials that became popular everyday catchphrases. This topic came to mind because I was noticing how often I hear people say, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. Which I believe is from an insurance commercial. That's right. I always think it's Geico. You always correct me. Anyway, she says, would this be a fun topic to discuss? Again, this idea of catchphrases that started in commercials but then took on a life of their own. She says she has a few more examples but wanted to see if anybody's interested in the topic. Well, we are interested in the topic and the Facebook um, thread kind of blew up. And so I want to go over a bunch of the stuff that you guys have submitted. I got to say, I could not think of anything. Embarrassingly, I could not think of anything that you guys hadn't already thought of. And embarrassingly, all of my thoughts on this and most of yours come from the 1980s. Like we're really, (laughs) I am really showing my age, I think, on this show. Um, So that's the plan. And also we're going to check in with the Ad Council as we always do. Do we have any uh, jingles or anything? We do. We have a bunch of jingles. Ooh, I'm looking forward to that. Well, first though, let's... uh, Let's get into this topic. I don't even know how to describe it. I don't know what we're going to name the show today. <laughs> Catchphrases that used to be in commercials. Where's the beat? 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 You can tell what they're saying. They're saying, where's the beef? Amazing how many songs on Spotify called Where's the Beef? Wow. Yes. Now, this sounds old. Like, this might have been around. Uh, um, I can't remember. Who did this? Is somebody called Beef Wellington and somebody else? So I can't tell if this is a <laughs> is, newish song is that is like made to sound all old. Beef novelty songs. I beef don't know. Novelty I feel songs. like that's real Nietzsche. Um, but uh, yeah, so the, that's called Where's the Beef. And for our younger listeners, I don't know if we have any, but yeah, very, very popular 1980s commercial where you had an old lady looking at a tiny, tiny hamburger on an oversized bun saying, where's the beef? Mm-hmm. And of course, the idea was it was a Wendy's commercial making fun of the um, lack of meat at other fast food places. Um, I have, well, here, let's play the original as much as possible today when we're talking about these. I want to go back to the the uh, the very, very original commercials. What do you call it? The point zero? No, that's not it. Patient zero? Patient zero? I don't know. <laughs> I think that is what I'm thinking. Ground zero? Ground zero. Anyway, this is ground zero, uh, sort of, of the Where's the Beef commercials as we know it now. We have three old ladies looking at a tiny hamburger on a giant bun. And originally, by the way, this commercial was not called Where's the Beef. The official title of this commercial is Fluffy Bun. It certainly is a big bun. It's a very big bun. Big fluffy bun. It's a very big fluffy bun. Where's the beef? 
Some hamburger places give you a lot less beef on a lot of bun. Where's the beef? At Wendy's, we serve a hamburger we modestly call a single. And Wendy's single has more beef than the Whopper or Big Mac. At Wendy's, you get more beef and less bun. Hey, where's the beef? I don't think there's anybody back there. You want something better. So it's the other two women who do most of the talking in the commercial, but it's that woman. The actress's name is Clara Peller. She's the one who says, where's where's the beef? And uh, I have some dazzling details on this commercial, Veeves, that I got, I will admit, I gleaned from the internet. Oh, from, no. They seem like they all kind of went back to uh, Wikipedia, but I choose to believe these. Uh-huh. Um, first of all, the original um, ad, uh, the, there actually was an ad before the old lady said it that had a middle-aged bald guy saying, thanks, but where's all the beef? And that one never made an impact. And then yeah. they made this one. As, as people so often say, but where's, thanks, but where's all the beef? And um, the director. <laughs> i start saying that. How about this? The director wanted Clara Peller to say, where's all the beef in this? But she has emphysema. And, <laughs> like, this is according to the internet. I mean, that's not funny intrinsically. But it also doesn't make sense because, seriously, she says, where's the beef several times. Yeah. Like, throwing in the word all, like, that was a bridge too far. I think Clara was uh, shining him on. Maybe it was that. Anyway, those were. Um, I thought that those were. She just liked details. the sound of "Where's the beef?" and he was like, "Claire, the line is where's all the beef." She's like, "Emphasis." <laughs> I hope so. She knew what she was doing. Um, so yeah, that was the very first one I thought of. But I got to say that that phrase did not get past the '90s. I don't think. You know, it was big in the '80s, maybe a little bit in the '90s, yeah. but I don't think there were any like. I don't think there are any like millennials who are just kind of like, oh man. But do they know what it? Where's the beef? Yeah, and also I was going to say I I started to say, do they know what it means? And I thought, do I know what it means? <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not even sure in what. Well, context. what do you mean? You get the concept that like they're they're saying that the competition like, is the, like where's the good stuff? Like where's the, oh where you mean what does it mean outside yes. of the commercial? Yeah, I understand what it means in the commercial, oh, okay. but I so mean like if you're gonna use like the not that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. Like you and I say that to each other all the time because the world is full right. of absurdity and there's often a way a reason for for that phrase to be deployed. Right. But I feel like where's the beef has sort of been lost in translation. You know, like where's the beef? I guess would be would be sort of in this in a context where like. There's just not a lot of substance to something. Right. Like, let's say that I'm pitching a project to you. This is going to be really weird because I think I just got done with work, so I'm in work mode. But let's just say you're my boss. Yeah. And I'm pitching this project to you for my podcast. And it's going to be like, okay, and we're going to be on social. And here's our marketing plan for this and all of this. But you're like, yeah, but where's the beef? Like, what are you actually doing? What is the actual project? Sounds like you got all of the bells and whistles. You got all uh, all sizzle, no steak might be another beef-related way of saying that. Yeah, that's true. Wow, a lot, of, a lot of beef talk today. Let's get the, what is the name of the beef? Let's get the beef Wellingtons on that one. Where's the beef? Uh, all right, let's move on to talk about Charmin. Don't squeeze the Charmin. Another, um, this is actually, this campaign predates us. It started in the 60s, but ran through the early 90s, I think. Um, the character's name was Mr. Whipple, and he was a grocer. And he would always tell usually the women who are shopping in his grocery stores not to squeeze the Charmin, Mm -hmm. which talk about not understanding something. That was a phrase that I always heard and knew growing up as a real cultural catchphrase. But thinking about it, the idea never made sense to me. Like, why would you squeeze Charmin? I guess I just always thought, I guess it feels good. But then why does he not want people to squeeze the Charmin? Why do it? Why not do it? 
Yeah, like, <laughs> does it ruin the product? And actually, going again back to um, Patient Ground Zero on this and playing the very, very first Let's just call this episode Patient Ground Zero. <laughs> that sounds so dark. Um, <laughs> yes, I, I found the very first one. And, um, and so... And it explains it a little bit. Mr. Whipple is in the grocery store and he sees this woman who's shopping and first she goes up to the tomatoes and squeezes them and then she goes up to some other produce and squeezes it. So I never made that connection that squeezing the Charmin was like how you pick out produce. Did you know that? No. Okay, well, I think he actually... I thought it was legit how you were supposed to pick out toilet paper. Here's the original one and um, he actually kind of narrates it while he's essentially spying on this woman. (laughs) First she squeezes the tomatoes, then she squeezes the melons, and now she's squeezing the new Charmin bathroom tissue. Please don't squeeze the Charmin. But Mr. Whipple, this new Charmin bathroom tissue is so soft, so squeezably soft. This lady is giving, by the way, 150% with her facial expressions. And there's something relatively orgasmic about this. Oh, yeah. What were those commercials where the women would wash their hair and then have an orgasm in the oh, shower? Oh, yeah. It was Herbal Essences, Yeah, I something say. like that. Um, this is kind of a precursor to that. Yes. It was the 60s. There's free love. Yeah, but, it, but it's definitely... A lot of squeezing. It's a coded reference, I think, A lot of squeezing sure. of the Charmin. Yeah. Fragrance. Don't squeeze the Charmin means don't masturbate. Yes. That's how it's used today. <laughs> down squeezably soft. It's irresistible. <laughs> But, Mrs. Logan, the sign... The sign says, please, don't squeeze the Charmin. And then as soon as she walks away, he starts squeezing the Charmin. He stops smiling, and he gets a little erotic with the Charmin. Here, I love, by the way, speaking of uh, Wikipedia, I love whoever wrote this sentence. There's a Wikipedia page for Mr. Whipple in this ad campaign, and this is how they explain what happens in this ad campaign. In unvarying repetition, Whipple scolds customers who squeeze the Charmin while hypocritically entertaining such actions himself when he thinks no one will notice. It is dirty the way he, the look he gives. He does a real like yeah. side to side, like, like you know, sneaky eyes. Yes, he, he does the sneaky eyes and then he kind of eases into squeezing the Charmin a little bit. Um, all right, let's try to bring things back to I mean one thing is you can't really tell if a catchphrase like any brand new commercial right now like maybe dilly dilly but that's just mm-hmm. you can tell it's a bullshit thing that's going to kind of go away yeah um, it doesn't work into conversation you know, do you know what don't squeeze the shaman makes me think of is you're soaking in it oh I forgot that was about Palm that Olive, one right? yes yes and also oh there's another one too I think somebody put this on the Facebook page this is probably somewhat problematic but ancient Chinese secret what was that <laughs> Uh, you're right. I don't remember, but it's become uh, now you don't hear it as much because it's um pretty culturally insensitive. But yes, for a long time, like ancient Chinese secret was like a, a that bi- was a byword. That was Calgon too. Oh, was it? Also? Yeah. Oh, okay. And yours was Calgon too. Oh, I thought it, you're soaking in it was um palm olive. Oh, palm olive. Yeah. And then the Calgon, Calgon take me away. That eventually became yeah. Cal- Calgon take me away. But we to gotta- China. A uh, trigger alert on this. How do you get shirts so clean, Mr. Lee? Ancient Chinese secret. My husband, some hotshot. Here's his ancient Chinese secret. Calgon. Calgon's two water softener. This is an Stop Asian woman. Water, so detergents clean better. In hardest water, Calgon helps detergents get laundry up to 30% cleaner. We need more Calgon. Ancient Chinese secret, huh? Well, she's going to go to a 
real Chinese cleaner after that one. Um, <laughs> was it, yeah, like that one we said growing up a lot, and that's very easy to slip in the conversation. Yeah. Like dilly dilly, like, I mean, okay. I'm pitching the idea to my boss, and he really likes it, and he says, dilly dilly. Right. <laughs> um, but Ancient Chinese Secret, when I was a kid, if somebody, you know, if my sister said, you know, who were you talking to on the phone? Ancient Chinese yeah, Secret. Yeah, exactly. Um, but we don't do that anymore. Okay, but anyway, so back to more modern times uh, slightly. This is from 2002. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Good. Can you hear me now? Oh, how look you how young Paul looks. Yeah, do you remember his last name? Paul Kelganunzulu? It's Paul, Paul Kelganunzulu. Okay. You nailed <laughs> yeah, it. Yes. Uh, no, it's something Italian. Aren't the Kelganunzulus? Weren't um, they a character, like a, a race on <laughs> Star Trek The Next Generation? <laughs> Probably. Um, uh, yeah, that really took a turn. Like halfway through well, that. Who, name. What does Fletch call himself? Doctor Cock. No, oh, Doctor uh, Cocktosen. Doctor John, Co- Cocktosen. John Cocktosen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, he's. It's like Paul Scaparelli or something. Okay. Uh, anyway, of course he's come back. Now he's the Sprint guy. He he's like smug Paul in the Sprint commercial, saying, "Remember me? I used to be with Verizon. I was the Can you hear me now, guy?" And I think his role now is, and we've talked about it a lot. I, I really find it detestable. He is just got his smugness turned up to 11 and I hate it going back and watching this is the very original um, it's called test man launch the very original Verizon can you hear me now commercial and I actually this thing had taken on such a life of its own I forgot the original premise which is he works for them he's Mm -hmm. not just a guy on the phone who's going in and out of cell phone coverage his whole point is he is going to go to the farthest reaches right. uh, of the land and so he pops out of a manhole cover still there he's oh the great woods. he's way in the woods later yeah. on he gets further and further from society and you can still yes you cannot get cell phone coverage in the woods even even today well i'll tell you what you can't get um cell phone t-mobile coverage in the south i wonder if t-mobile is more regional because i just took a trip in the south their pink map it looks know. like it looks like America. It was my phone kept saying that if I were if I was going to use it, I'd be in roaming, and it kept on saying on my phone like what company it was handing it off to, oh, like U.S. Cellular or that was one. So there were huge chunks of the South. It wasn't until I was right back into a relatively big city that um, that it would finally click back on. Whereas Luke has a, I was traveling with Luke. He's got an iPhone, and I assume. AT&T coverage and he had really good coverage most of the time they do I mean AT&T is like oh no Verizon's supposed to be the really good one right um you Verizon's know, the one that like oh, maybe he is, has is Verizon because like the, the, the big pitch that Sprint is making via our friend Paul there is that um Verizon is like two percent better than everybody else but uh. but you pay like Ha, you know twice as much so like are you really going to pay twice as much money for two percent better which i think is such a fascinating pitch it's like yeah we acknowledge like they do technically win on all of these like you know signal test whatever is like when they're actually measuring it but it's like by how much you know i forgot we always talk about the big three but we don't talk about there's big four when you include at&t because on this trip we had three wireless god i can't believe this is where this conversation is going i had my t-mobile phone i had a sprint Hotspot, and then Luke had what I think is Verizon, and I think Verizon was the one that was that was constantly dependable. Right, I remember almost. them by colors. Sprint is yellow. You do remember them? I can never remember. T-Mobile which is, which is color. pink. Really? Verizon is red. Then what does AT and T do? Blue. Really? Are you just making that up? No, I think that's right. 
Oh. Makes um, me think of green beans go. Green beans go. <laughs> Yellow's the other one. <laughs> oh, that's Manzukis. Yeah. Oh man, I, I totally, I totally forgot about that. Hold on a second. I gotta. What uh, is that from? Um, I think it's from uh, league. the league. The league yeah. All right, I'm finding it. I'm sorry. This is a. <laughs> This is a very weird show that we're doing today, so let me just play this. Yeah. Obviously, your kid needs a male role model. Because I'll be honest with you, he's soft. Weak and soft. Because he's four. Because he's your son. No. You spent all your time reading books and looking at numbers and letters like they mean something. <laughs> they do. Do you know how to read? <laughs> I get by. All right? What do you know? You know, like... Red means stop. Great. Green means go. Good. Yellow's the other one. <laughs> Oh, my God. I'm using this as a show tomorrow. That is such good tape. Um, anyway, great. Okay, so back to... I do, actually. I I occasionally pull up to a yellow light and think yellow's the other one. I got to say, that um, the original Can You Hear Me Now commercial... It's actually good. It's I mean yeah. that might sound stupid to say, but we're just we're all so sick of it, and we're sick of the cell phone commercials. Generally speaking, um, that's a really good original ad, and it makes sense that it would have launched a campaign. Uh, going back to more like our generation, or even our parents' generation, starting in the '60s and '70s, you of course had my the- generation is not the '60s, by the way. No, I said my parent or all our right. parents' generation starting right. the- because we growing up in the '80s, we got the tail end of a lot of campaigns yeah. that. Started Started in the 60s and 70s, but we're going strong. Whipple is a really good example of that. And I think this one is, too. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. You ate it, Ralph. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. No, Ralph, I ate it. Okay, what does that line mean? So this is a guy, it's like the middle of the night, but he's sitting on the edge of his bed while his wife is trying to sleep, and he's obviously mad that he ate too much at dinner. But what does it mean when she says, no, Ralph, I ate it? Is it more complicated than what? she ate part of the food? I guess. I, oh, that's true. Yeah. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. No, Ralph, I ate it. I can't believe. It's I not ate a great joke or no. or whatever, but yeah, I, I just. I mean, I think I just took it at face value. All the acid your stomach has churned out for your upset stomach and headache. Take Alka Seltzer and feel better fast. Did you drink your alka seltzer? The whole thing. He's smiling at the end when he says that. Yeah, her line there could be, well, you did eat it. Like, no, I ate it. What does that mean? Then why aren't you on the edge of the bed? I don't know. And like, yeah, it, it feels like there's like it's some sort of snappy retort, right? Like, yeah, yeah you what, like you ate it, but I'm paying for it because I got to. Sure. That's a good you one. Something. You would be such a good, sassy, angry wife in the, uh, in the 1970s. Or commercial. today. Or today. OK, this one, I'm going to say, do, do I have a judge's hammer anywhere? <laughs> Here, I, This needs a ruling. All right. Harvey says that he says this catchphrase all the time. Which I love, and I'm glad he's introduced me to this, but I have never heard anybody say this outside of this show or this commercial. Spicy tender crisp extra tomatoes. I'm spicy! Now, let me tell you what's happening here. <laughs> There's a bunch of people in an office. They're like youngish office workers, and somebody just picked up all the lunch from Burger King, and they are deliver. You know, they're kind of handing out the sandwiches that people ordered. And that one guy got the spicy sandwich, and he just bolts. He just and, and he's like noticeably sort of like everyone else is kind of like 
normal to good looking, I would say. Um, and is th- that guy's like a is that guy like a Joel McHale like the tall guy? He looks like Joel McHale, and the other guy, the guy who says uh, "I'm spicy," reminds I mean, me I of truly. That guy is like so much a Joel McHale like that. It, like I'm wondering if it's Joel McHale. The quality on this isn't great. Let's keep watching it with that in mind. And is it? Oh yeah, Joe Latrulio is that the name of the other guy? That's who the short guy reminds yeah, me. Yeah, it's I'm- not Joe Latrulio, but um, uh, but it looks a lot like him. The guy from uh, I'm spicy. But the fact that that video was immediately followed on my browser with another with a Joel McHale video makes me think that was Joel McHale. Okay, we'll take another look here. It's winning catchphrase. You can't make up a catchphrase. Yeah, that's definitely Joel McHale. Yeah. He says you can't you can't make up your own catchphrase. It's like making up a nickname. All right, give it one more try. No, you're not. Still horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's totally Joel McHale, not Joe Latrulio at all. Okay, so I've but, never. But anyway, my point being that the that the I'm spicy guy is like, you know, he's clearly the beta to gamma sure. somewhere, yeah. like down in the lower part of the alphabet. Beta to gamma, I'm there too. <laughs> I don't think that that is a phrase that made it to pop culture. Heights the way Where's the Beef did. Have you ever heard anybody say, I'm spicy? No. But do you also love the fact that Harvey goes around saying, I'm spicy? Yeah, I hope to hear it. I I, I hope this is the beginning of a beautiful trend of I'm spicy. Well, uh, hey, Harvey, why don't you call us 607-444-5597. Let us know. You say you say it all the time. Yeah, but please use it in context. Yes, and give us the origin. Okay, uh, this, I think, again, slightly modern based on some of these really old ones I'm playing. Felicia sent this one in. And again, going back and watching this again in its entirety, which we've done before on the show a couple of years ago, I have so much more appreciation for this ad today than I did when it was running and when everybody, including a very annoying guy I used to work with, would say it in the office all the time. Hello? Hey, who? What's up? None B, just watching the game, having a bud. So but you? Nothing. Watching the game, having a bud. True. True. What's up? Yo, who's that? Yo! Yo, pick up the phone! Hello? What's that? What's up? Yo, where's Dookie? Yo, Dookie! Yo. What's that? What's that? <laughs> Hold on. Hello? <laughs> so what's up, B? Watching the game, having a bud. True. That's from 2000. You can see that it's um uh, got a copyright on it. I wanted to play the whole thing because... And I apologize if we said this a year or two, um, but I find this so much more charming now. And I think a big part of that has to do with who I am and who I was. I think that when this commercial was out in the year 2000, I'm graduating college-ish. Um, like I am so allergic to anything that comes off brosophy mm-hmm. or jock-ish. I said ish. By the way, um, and so I just kind of hated these guys, and I hated this whole thing. But I watch it now with different eyes, and maybe because I have a little bit more experience with like kind of a friend group that has their own language, sort of. Maybe the fact and that- full disclosure are a little 
brosophy and and jockish. I don't think I'm more brosophy and jockish. Yeah, but the group of friends that I'm thinking. Yeah, of that's is. true. Yeah, that's true. We probably hang out with people who are maybe a little bit more like this. Um, and and also, I think that just like that Budweiser's huge campaign was, you know, and not and listen, we're not talking about the 1960s here. We're talking about 2000, but that this whole campaign was launched by um, it was four four than at the very end five African American really good friends. It's not like it's not like a bunch of friends and you have a token black guy right. in there or something. It just there's something about this whole thing that their friendship comes through to me now in a way that I find yeah. charming. Watching them like they're all just kind of grumpy and. D- but then they just kind of casually get joy from each other. I'm also just more corny these days, I think. Yeah, I think that's part of it. And there's an element to the editing. Um, you're going to, maybe this is going to seem out of left field, but there's an element to the editing when they're, when it's cutting real rapidly between the, just the sound of their, their voices. And it's mm-hmm. just like, ah, mm-hmm. that actually has a sort of a, that Tim and Eric kind of borrow. And like some oh, of the, some like alt, yeah. some of these sort of more alt comedy things use where it's more like, just a weird collection of sounds like it uh, where the sound is so broken down that it becomes just a, a cacophony but it's used in a way to be funny yeah um and that's a good point I, that probably got on my nerves way yeah now much now more. to me that that has a sort of a funny connotation that i don't think i would have had you know however many eight, 20 years ago now almost yeah um, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go through these last three really quickly because I don't know if I'm gonna actually play the audio of them or all of them. But um, Erica sent in this one. This again goes back to the kind of 70s and 80s and the type of thing I would see on TV when I was a kid. What's this stuff? Some cereal. It's supposed to be good for you. I'm not gonna try it. Let's get Mikey. Yeah. He won't need it. He hates everything. He likes it. Hey, Mikey. Regular cinnamon and raisin life, nutritious. Now delicious. this is one where it might have just been. Life. It might have just been my family, but I feel like that was always misquoted. Erica got the quote right. She sent in. She says he likes it. Hey, Mikey. But in my family, we always said he likes it. Mikey likes it. Do you think that? Did you ever? Do you have any thoughts on this? I think um, if you had asked me until up uh, and before today, I would have guessed, or I would have thought that it was Mikey likes it. But it's just one of those ones like um, it's so easy that to be misremembered. It's probably one of those. There's probably a Reddit page about the Mandala effect right. about it, you know. But also like it's just a weird writing. It's like he likes it. Hey, Mikey. Yeah, who? And then that's the last thing they said. Like, hey, Mikey. Yeah. It seems weird. Same with the Elka-Seltzer one. I know it now so well because we put it in the intro of our show, but I always thought it was, I can't believe I ate the whole thing, but it's, I can't believe I ate that whole thing, which just seems a little weird to me. It just seems slightly off. Yeah. Um, anyway, Erica sent that one in, and that, again, was maybe because I was a kid. But definitely in that era, I felt like people would yes. talk about whether or not, oh, Mikey likes it. Yeah. Like, we heard that a lot. Absolutely. Um, I'm not going to play the audio of this one because it's not that great, but there was a 1-800-COLLECT commercial. Remember these? Like, Oh, yeah. Like, we lived through this short but intense. Yes. Like. When, when there was no way to make a, when there were, they came up with all these really Byzantine ways and like, f- financial schemes for making long distance phone calls. I mean, remember dial 9691114421212121. Yeah, that's right. 
Venn dial zero yeah. plus one one then area wait. code. Then wait. You're gonna hear a tone. Uh, That's not the tone you're listening for. <laughs> Your wife's new name is Targus. <laughs> Targus. Like, and then that was a way of making like cheap phone calls that you were kind of doing mm-hmm. an end around your phone company. And f- oh my god, my parents gave me all these like. Yeah, I they my parents always get, had me give me these like you know like a credit card, but it wasn't a prepaid phone card. Although those were existed too, but it was one of those things that had like a secret number yeah. that you could make like one cent a minute phone calls using. It was a weird time. All right, since we talked about it a little bit, I'm going to play this one for one eight hundred collect with Mr. T. It's it. I didn't want to play because it it's just visually stupid and doesn't hang together. But Mr. T is apparently hanging out on the beach. Some kids buried him up to his neck in sand, which. If he and he seems very angry about it, but it also doesn't make sense if he didn't want that to happen. How does he Mr. starts T, it angry? How does he put himself in that position? Like right. when they start digging a huge like seven. Did they foot chloroform hole, him? Like, yeah, which if so, like I hey, want to see the T. prequel. <laughs> does this necklace smell like chloroform? <laughs> <laughs> hey, what you kids do to me? I'd like to make a collect call. Hey, lady, use your head. He jumps out of the sand. Like he shoots out of the sand like he's been fired from a rocket. Yeah. I pity the fool who don't use 100 collect. Me too. That's so easy. Okay, at the very end, She makes he's, it sound like it's so easy to pity the fool. Yes, it's so easy to pity the fool. But she's saying that the fool. phone call is easy. Um, so again, if I were to use my judge's hammer, I would say that this didn't really make it into popular parlance, but I love DDH says... When I was in high school, whenever I beat someone in a game or faked a beatdown, I'd announce, that's 1-800-COLLECT, like Mr. T. It sounds like a DDH specific. It's a very (laughs) hyper-local trend. I want DDH and Harvey to get together. (laughs) That's spicy. (laughs) And call in together. Um, And then there's another confusing commercial that I'm not going to play, but it's for something called Tropical Freezes. Do you remember Tropical Freezes? No. Uh, But it's a... Basically, there's three women women out on a beach, and then one of them says, hey, will you make me like a flavored margarita or fresh fruit thing? And so the one woman goes inside, and she's just like cutting up all this fruit, and it's just taking her forever. Meanwhile, the w- women outside are getting annoyed, one of them in particular. Um, and then at the end, the, the, the tag yeah, that is... that dumb bitch is cutting up fruit for us. And then the other one is just like talking in her friend's face and m- being annoying. It's a very... It's a crappy commercial yes, on a lot of fronts. Like it gives it. you the uncomfortable feeling. But Brit <laughs> set this in, and at the very end, they say it's already ready, already. So you know, yeah. I, that's a you could use it for almost any pre-made food product. But I think it's a really good catchphrase. It's a pretty good catchphrase. Have you heard it before? Like, does that ring a bell to you? No. All right. Um, okay. I know I'm talking fast um, because we're on a deadline today. Do we have time to maybe just do a little bit of Let's ad do some counsel? counsel? I can. All right. I can be late to you my seminar about crows. Yeah, I was trying to protect your. That's all right. Your schedule now. Now all of our fans are going to show up at your crow seminar and just. You'll have to act fast because I'm leaving right after we finish it, it, recording. It's going to be a murder of ATM fans. <laughs> Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words of saying Only the echoes of my mind Alright, let me just start with this one. I saw that... um Jeffrey, who, by the way, Jeffrey is our chief jingle officer, had posted this to um, our Facebook group. 
last week you introduced me, Veeves, to a new progressive insurance commercial starring that character Jamie, who's like Flo's little buddy, her her little helper guy, who's usually the butt of the jokes. And this one, it starts as a as an animation, as a cartoon, and you see Jamie, who's I guess playing a character named Big Jim in this one, and he's like big manly, kind of tall Paul Bunyany kind of guy walking through the streets and then we realize at some point in the commercial that it's all just kind of a figment of his imagination when he's going out and helping people like a woman whose car was crushed by a tree. He thinks he's Big Jim helping. So I'm going to play a little bit of this so you can hear what Big Jim sounds like in this progressive uh, commercial. He's got legs of lumber and arms of steel. He eats a bowl of hammers and every meal. He can hold your house in the palm of his hand. He's your old man, not old man. Now, you mentioned last week, it reminded you of that um, kids' toy commercial from the 1970s called Big Jim and Big Josh, and we did that comparison. But Jeffrey, our chief jingle officer, says, I'm pretty sure that the Big Jamie commercial is referencing Disney's Davy Crockett theme song. Let's take a listen to that. Born on the mountaintop in Tennessee, green estate in the land of the free. Raised in the woods, so he knew every tree. Killed him a bar when he was only three. Davy, Davy Crockett, king of the wild frontier. I like the way they say, say killed a bar. It took me so long to realize that in Lebowski he was saying sometimes the bear eats you because he says it as bar. I see, I mean, you know, I think that uh, they're all in the same tradition. Here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, That's I what know I was going to say. Is, yeah. I'm not sure if it's a direct parody, but absolutely. It's all the same, tra- exactly the same tradition. Especially. And, and so they all have echoes of each other. Because, you know, in, in that one, they're kind of like, um, you know, talking about the feats of Davy Crockett. Yeah, and it's all way. in that like American folk tale, folklore, yeah. uh, larger than life. I'm sure like a an American folklore expert could uh probably point to all of the all of the points of connection there. Yeah. But yeah, that's a, a good uh good reference point. Quick question, what time actually is your crow seminar? Well, it's at, right now it's jingle time. I was getting to that. <laughs> I was gonna set you up. I don't up. have time. My my crow seminar is uh, rapidly approaching. I was going to I was gonna ask you what time the crow seminar is and then do you know what time it is now? I, I was setting it up for it. Well, you kinda you. stepped on it. And then I stepped all over. Actually speaking of uh, listener Jeffrey, that's him singing right there. <laughs> um, okay, so I have not looked into these. You have some jingles for us, huh? Or at least yeah. maybe we just play one today. Uh let's do two and we'll save okay. the last one because it's kind of a longer one we'll do we'll do these first two okay uh this is from listener Melison and her mom margaret we got a lot of moms and daughters these days really yeah last week didn't we have another mom we had That's another true. mom call in because her daughter had put her onto the show oh and uh, this weekend at an, uh, an event for tbtl i met uh corinne who actually started this whole thread that today's show is based on and her daughter lydia who and i cool. believe she also listens to the show and I I also met someone this weekend, which is listener Kelly. Oh, who I've met. Who in the, probably has a mom. I uh, I met Kelly in a fuss shop one time. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Thanks Kelly. for saying hi. Hi. Uh, yeah, no, why don't you go ahead and play this from listener Melison. Hi, this is Melison from New York with my mom, Margaret. Hi. Uh, <laughs> um, and I wanted to have her leave a jingle that she um, has passed on to me, even though I've never seen it. Um but uh, I thought it was um, second generation a fun jingle. Thing. <laughs> so so uh, tell me a little bit about your history about this. Okay, it, there was a commercial for Halo shampoo, 
and there was a mermaid on a rock, and I could go to bed. I could stay up until the mermaid commercial, and then I had to go to bed. <laughs> That's when I was little. So, what's the song? Yes, I do. Okay. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello, shampoo. Hello. Hey. <laughs> Hey. And now I still like I have that in my head too. So it's it's just uh, one of those. Yes, yeah, when people say hello. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, talk to you later. Bye. Uh, I could tell she wanted to say power out, and then remember that's a different show. Um, so many people do. It, it's yeah. almost uh, it's, it's almost de rigueur at this point. Um, that was wonderful. I hope they blaze a path of more people doing group calls in. I, that sounded great. I loved it. Thank you so much for calling in. I had I this was a, a product that I was unfamiliar with, but the commercial, which Melisande also helpfully sent to me, thank you very much, um, is amazing. Uh, I want to have you play it here, but I want to describe what you're going to see. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a cartoon mermaid, and it's so like it's a black and white cartoon. It's from nine, it's from the early 1950s, and the the first part of the commercial is a cartoon mermaid um, singing about you know how she wants to have prettier hair, and then it cuts to a real life actress uh, by the name of I think Margaret something. She'll say it, uh, who was like an actress in the 30s, like one of those contract players for MGM or one of those oh, studios. Yeah. Um, why don't you go ahead and play this? And and it's fairly uh, it's fairly self explanatory. When you hear a whistle, it's a bunch of cartoon sailors catcalling this mermaid. Ooh. Hello, everybody. Hello. Halo Shampoo presents the inside story of the Lonesome Mermaid. What can I do about my hair? It's so dull and stringy looking. The sailors never whistle at me anymore. And for a mermaid, that's serious. Look, Toots, here's the answer to your problem. Use Halo shampoo. Soaping dulls hair. Halo glorifies it. Halo means natural beauty. The first time that you use it, you need no special rinsing. After you use it, so Halo, everybody, Halo. Halo shampoo, Halo. I'm going to pause it here for a second and just give you a couple of initial reactions. Number one, I really kind of dig this. I love the animation style and I love the sound of it. Just like that. I yeah. just love that sound. Secondly, I really hope she's pretty enough to get harassed now. Let's that find is, out. That is absolutely the theme of this, <laughs> this product and their pitch. Hello, everybody. Hello. Here come the sailors. Remember, Halo leaves hair fragrant, dandruff-free, and wonderfully easy to manage. Because Halo's not a soap or an oily cream. So Halo, everybody, Halo. Halo shampoo, Halo. Hi. I'm Margaret Lindsay. <laughs> now she's so it's no longer a cartoon, and she's just like standing. Yeah, in so front it's of this her. actress named Margaret Lindsay, and one, a couple of things I want to note about this: like her hair looks terrible. It looks like a like a really. I think I mean, it does not look like the. It doesn't look like something that's been beautifully shampooed. Sure. It's it's like in a it's a, it's in a set. It's set in waves. It's like that very helmety looking hair of the time. Because I don't. I think one of the things that must be interesting. I should have done more research. Is I suspect that shampoo in the way that we understand it, where you wash your hair almost every day mm-hmm. or like frequently, um, is not was not a product that was known back back in the, in the early part of the first, of the twentieth century. Like I have a feeling that women got their hair set and done and then they didn't really wash it because you heard the 
as the mermaid told us, it's not a soap <laughs> or an oily cream, both of which sound horrible to put yeah, on hair. Right, but if that right. was the norm, if that was the only way of cleaning hair, no wonder people were like, shampoo's amazing. Right. They so just used Crisco for everything back just, then. They really did. So you've got this Margaret Lindsay character who's this kind of, you know, she's an attractive woman, um, but with this very helmety looking hair um, and like a... With a severe part, by the way, right down to the part, scalp. Um, sitting in kind of a... a fancy looking room with a lot of like classical draperies and things it looks like she's at a funeral home it does look like a funeral home um and she's going to tell you a little bit more about uh, why this is such a great product hi i'm margaret Lindsay. if you'd sort of like someone to whistle at you let halo shampoo help you out because halo leaves your hair soft and fragrant shining with colorful highlights glorify your hair with halo America's favorite shampoo. Glorify your hair. I'm starting to wonder if it was America's only shampoo. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but it's like pretty horrifying to think that like the pitch, the the marketing pitch here is like get harassed. I mean, this it yeah. is right. I mean, I feel like Peggy Olson would be like, "What the hell?" You know, like this is a terrible pitch. Right, right. Um, okay, should I play this next one? From- yeah, let's do that, and then I will. Uh, then the crows await. Hi, Genevieve and Andrew. It's uh, Bet in Buffalo. Um, I was just calling in with a quick little jingle. This is one I remember from when I was a kid. I wonder, 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 wonder what's in a wonder ball. Huh. Okay, that's all. Wonder Bye-bye. ball? I don't remember that. I didn't either. And I think Bet must be a little bit younger than us because uh. this is a candy product from what looks like probably maybe the late 90s or something. Um, and it looks disgusting, I'll be honest. Uh, but it's this was probably around the time that like Kinder eggs were getting very popular. Oh yeah, yeah. And Kinder eggs were never really able to be sold on mass in the U.S. because they had plastic in them. Choking so, hazard. So this is like a a chocolate, con- you know, candy that's like a chocolate ball, but inside are other kinds of candy. And then the surprise is, what other kinds of candy are in this? Catch me, <laughs> Oh, this is Who Wrote the Book of Love. Yes, it is a cover of Who Wrote the Book of Love. Who knows what surprises a wonderful can hide? Yummy, nasty chocolate with candy shapes inside. I don't think it is like a parody of it. It's just just close enough, right? It's right. I mean, it. I feel like they if they didn't pay for the licensing, um, because it's like the lyrics are, I wonder, 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 wonder who, who wrote the book of love. I feel like they had to license it. Also, anyway. basically, it looks like um, it's like a ball of chocolate that the in on the inside is like some Skittles or some Pez or something. Yeah. Like, does, not literally Skittles or Pez, but, like, that's the kind of Like, candy. you get to the bottom, like, you, you're eating something chocolate, and there's something hard in the yeah. inside. This should be opposite. That's I think like, so, yeah. It's, it's the reverse Tootsie Pop. I have a feeling the reason we, nobody knows, we, you and I don't recognize this, is that it was a horrible failure as a product. Yeah. Who wrote the book of See, this part is not like that other song. I mean, that song had a verse. Well, true, but this is just the, the hook for the commercial. Yeah. Do you know who did this? No. A group called the Monotones. <laughs> I kind of love this doo-wop era. I hate doo-wop. I know you do. This, this is the, the exact thing you hate about doo-wop, which is everyone's either singing like this or singing like this. <laughs> singing about my car. <laughs> 
<laughs> you said that to me once in the restaurant, and I lost my mind. I think fact, we, it was the funniest observation to me. I, and I think we were, ha- I think we were in Ohio yeah, having we breakfast were. with my family at some, and there was just like we're at this like restaurant that I found kind of be annoying, and they were just like blasting yes. this doo wop music, and I was like, oh my god! <laughs> All right, um, I think we got to get out of here. The crows await, the as crows you await. say. It's called a cacophony of cause. Is that really the name That's of the That's really the name of the, the seminar. Thing you're going to? Yeah. Um, all right, everybody. Thank you for listening today. That was a really fun show. Thank you, Corinne, for producing that yeah, show for us and everybody else. So no joke. Like, uh, we have a lot of deadlines today, and so we were able to just kind of swoop in and grab your all the stuff you guys left and turn it into a show. And honestly, the last time we did that was my favorite, too, when we were talking about songs and commercials that get stuck in your head or something like that, or parody versions of real songs and commercials that we did with our friend Celine of Prom Queen fame. Um, you guys sent in all of those, too, and uh, and these tend to be the best shows and the easiest for me, so I don't see any reason why you guys shouldn't just keep on doing this. Yeah, I'm a big fan, too. Um, so, anyway, uh, check it out. Start start tomorrow's show today. Go to the <laughs> Go to our Facebook group. Just look for look for After These Messages Show um, there. Also, email us at afterthesemessagesshow at gmail.com. Genevieve will read your emails. And, of course, we have a voicemail number. That's 607-444-5597. That's 607-444-5597. Did I get that right? I wasn't looking at yeah, the Yeah, 607-444-5597. All right, V's. Have lucky. Uh, have fun at your crow day. Thank you. Red octagons couldn't stop me. I burn headband. My eyes all droopy. I have gooey foodie zoobies in my poopy. They all like, well, he's too proud. I'm like, you would be too if you had the juice now.